What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right. I can't remember anything funny, so we're just going to start. Say what you will about the man. I'm going to make minimum payments on my student loans until Bernie Sanders is finally dead. Stop trying to get just jokes in, in. Stop trying to get jokes in before the podcast. Listen, that's a funny observation, and I honestly think it's everyone's best interest. We don't know what's going to happen in 2020, okay? <laughs> Stop trying to make this podcast political. I say over and over again, hey, don't <laughs> cut that out. And you say, hey. Listen, all I want to do is talk about Iran-Contra. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. Thank you. <laughs> I had a bit of a mouth malfunction. Like I told my mouth to open, but then it didn't, and I tried to speak at the same time, so I ended up choking on my own spit. Welcome I ended up to the choking crunch. on my own voice. <laughs> hey, you guys ever choke on your own voice? <laughs> Welcome to the crunch. It is your boy Ethan, and I'm Patrick. You know, what, you know what I found out about the other day? What'd you find out about? The you other ever hear day? about that OJ Simpson guy? <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah. I binge watched the uh, the FX OJ Simpson series and man, that was nuts. Yeah, you ever walk through a department store just trying on gloves? Me neither. <laughs> man, I just want to feel close to him, to his memory. But I mean, I I, I just he's not dead. He's not dead. He's still alive and very much alive and on Twitter. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it, it it just it just sent me down a rabbit hole of like. Oh, really? Every time, every time something interesting happened on the show, I googled, well, "Did this actually happen?" It, and yeah, nine times crazy. out of ten, it did it happen. Did. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh my gosh! Documentaries are weird like that because it's it, it puts you into a whole world that you didn't know about, and then you're like, "No way that this happened!" And no, then... it wasn't a documentary. It was like a dramatization. So like oh. all the all it was a bunch of actors. Oh. Cuba Gooding Jr. played OJ. <gasps> really? Yeah, and he was definitely not as funny as OJ. No. No. But Cuba is it Cuba or Cuba? I think it's Cuba. So they named him Cuba, knowing that it was the same as Cuba, because he was certainly born after the Cuban Missile Crisis. And so they 
Yeah, the Cuban Missile Crisis, the only thing that Cuba is known for. The, the Cuba Gooding Jr. Crisis. <laughs> Stop trying that, to name the episode. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to name anything. I'm just thinking about the life that he had growing up in the middle of the Cold War, de- dealing with these <laughs> intense geopolitical problems just because his name was Cuba. My uh, my hometown has an Air Force base. It's one of like the closest Air Force bases to Cuba. Uh-huh. Um, so like all it was in all of the military all the military bases in Florida were like battening down the hatches and all the schools around had like missile drills. Oh really? Um, and so my, my history teacher, when we got to the Cuban missile crisis was like, yep, now we've gotten to the part of the history textbook that I lived through. And I was like, wow, wow. this is That's weird. That's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. But he was like, in this room, when I was your age, we had missile drills. I was like, that's so strange to think that's about. That's so weird that you come yeah. back to the exact room that you had missile drills in and want to teach there. <laughs> right. Some of us would be like, wow, that wasn't fun. I'm going to leave. I'm going to never <laughs> gonna go leave back Florida. there. <laughs> Florida's hot. I don't like it too yeah, much. Yeah, it is. But according to my dermatologist, it's the only place I should live. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's not a joke. <laughs> she was like pour one out for pittsburgh yeah really she was like she was like yeah you um you have uh very fair skin so you should wear sunscreen every day but also you should not live anywhere north of the mason dixon line and i was like why she's Wait, like because it's too dry up here oh my skin like crackles i get bad dandruff it's not good speaking of the mason dixon line i've been trying to curate a to kuba eight a playlist of music that is somewhat southern and so far i only have three songs on it and i need help well the three old town road remixes don't count so you no it's those. the first song is is dixieland delight by alabama great song <laughs> the second song is take me home country roads by yeah, john obviously. denver yeah. the third song is gimme 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 a man after midnight by abba and <laughs> wait hold on <laughs> so i don't know what else to add so if anybody has any recommendations based on those three please let me know <laughs> Um, yeah, I was never really into, to, to country music. Um, yeah, me neither. Hence the ABBA song in the playlist. But I think if you just Google God, tractors and sex, you'll find a good country song. Not a good country song, a country song. (laughs) Yeah. Just a, just a song. I just to completely change topics. I have been off of every website lately. And so I, I have feel, not visited a single website. I haven't been on. <laughs> I've been staring at a browser going, how does this thing work? How does this thing even work? I don't even I, got a homepage. It's just about colon blank. <laughs> what does the HTTPS even do? Um, I've been off every website for a while. That's good. Like the past past week or so. Been doing Exodus 3? Not not Exodus anything. It's been, I, I've been having a terrible time on all of my websites. <laughs> and so I just... So I rerouted, I told Patrick this, this is not a joke, I rerouted Twitter, Reddit, Facebook, and YouTube to formed.org. So every time I log on and I try to uh, distract myself or waste time, I get sent directly to the formed.org homepage, which makes me want to do- beautiful, beautiful face. Makes me want to do nothing except close my laptop and go and do something else. (laughs) Sorry, if you're listening and you like formed, I'm sorry, I I have a lot of respect for you, but- I download their books, but I, I could never go to their website and use it regularly. Yeah, Formed.org is the reason why I got to read Michael D. O'Brien. So thank you, Formed. I know. Yeah, without Formed, I wouldn't have Father Elijah in my life. And two other Michael D. O'Brien books sitting on my shelf right now. Voyage thank to Alpha you, Centauri. Formed. Slaps. Anyway. Do you hear that plane going over my house? No. 
it sounds like I'm in a World War One dogfight. Speaking of World War Two, how many World War Two vets do you think are still alive? Approximately three hundred thousand, if I had to guess. <laughs> That's a really good guess. <laughs> Thanks. Wow, I'm very smart. Um, what else has been going on? Anything else interesting happening in your life? Oh my gosh. Um, no, no, not really. I'm still yeah. trying to work on getting merch for the podcast. I talked really? to two distributors. Yeah. Distributors. <laughs> yeah. What does that I don't even mean? I want to do it myself again. It means the people that you send your merch to so they can ship it to people and the people can buy it from them. They take a cut. Um, that's the thing is we were able to sell the shirt so cheap last time because I did all the labor. Yeah, that was um, awesome. That doesn't happen when you have like professionally done merch and you have to pay a designer and a distributor and, and a company. But yeah. that's what charging, shipping, and handling is for. So... We'll we'll get we'll get T-shirts back and running again. And you can buy them year-round, and I don't have to do anything. I didn't even know we had merch. We did. Do you remember the T-shirt debacle? <laughs> Everybody should remember that. This should be told to children for years to come. It was we, not really we, of debacle. I just yeah, know that was, I got three free T-shirts. Out of the deal. We pre-ordered T-shirts. Okay. Three people haven't even gotten theirs. I had to, still. I had to re- it's been two it's years. Been two years. I had to refund their money. I think I did. I don't know. They're uh, probably still listening. And they probably aren't Patrick. still listening. They're probably not. They're like, screw those guys. Big scam. Biggest scam in Big Catholic history. Scam boys. Except for you know. It, don't say <laughs> it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I had to. I I what I was I was stupid. I took pre-orders, so I like took everybody's money and information before the shirts even existed. I saved it all in an account. <laughs> I got the shirts printed. The t-shirt company said they would be able to ship it themselves. I got them the labels. They said, yeah, this is going to be too expensive. You have to do it. They gave me all the shirts. This I had does to buy sound labels. like a scam that you it, ran. It does sound like a scam, right? <laughs> they had to, they had, I had to buy the labels. I had to buy the packaging. I had to, I had to make sure that everyone got the right color and size. And then Phoebe, before we were dating <laughs> Whoa. in a room, we spent the entire day organizing, um, and shipping and we broke even on the t-shirts we did not make any money and i didn't get to pay jillian anything for the design wow yeah i didn't know all of this you didn't know that i mean i knew that it was a lot of work <laughs> but i just assumed that because you were studying at franciscan you had a lot of time on your hands like really Is yeah. that the- <laughs> obviously i did <laughs> otherwise i wouldn't have like been able to handle this i know you like, but you took it on yourself. You're like, oh yeah, it's no problem. I can do it. And I oh, don't I know totally got this. if it was so early in the podcast that you were still kind of like flexing a little bit of like, I mean, I can, I can take care of it. You know, I'm just, or I just pushed it on you and said, Hey, you have to do it. <laughs> I had, I had no idea how much time it would take. I was just like, yeah, what fair. on earth, what on earth could, what could, could go wrong? Do? Yeah. But everything. adding two very like t-shirts, there's already a variable, right? You have to make sure everyone gets the right size with stickers. You don't have to worry about anything. It's all the same, but with t-shirts, you have to make sure size is correct. And then I added three colors as an option, which was dumb. That was real dumb. The colors are great. The colors are awesome, but I should not have had three. No. I should have had one. Yeah. One. It should the other have been day, the blue one. Blue I was one. wearing, I was wearing a sweatshirt at my house that had blue, white, and gray on it. And my dad came downstairs. He said, that shirt has three too many colors. And I said, Dad, <laughs> there's only three colors on it. <laughs> you want me to wear a clear shirt? And he said, no, it should too. just be it should just be gray. And I said, well, that would be one color. And he said, I don't know what you're talking about. And then he walked away. <laughs> you dunked on him. You got him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you want to know the worst part about the T-shirt debacle? I don't yes. even have any of the T-shirts yet. Phoebe really? took all of mine. I have three. I have one of each color. <laughs> I, I wear them all the time. <laughs> I got a great end of this deal. Yeah, you did. 
this has been the best trade deal in the history of trade deals. We're going to make our health care like Canada. <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> Your Bernie Sanders impression is not good. It's great. <laughs> You got to get really close to the microphone. You got to start talking like this and you got your hands up like this and you look at the audience. You say, I will live forever. (laughs) (laughs) Come on. That's pretty good. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I've saved my DNA in the sap of various oak trees. (laughs) So that one day I will be reborn. Eating seagulls. Mighty Tyrannosaurus Rex. (laughs) Eating seagulls is the answer to approximately three three problems. You gonna be all right over there? Uh, yeah. I need to not laugh on the podcast. Hey, speaking of speaking of ancient people that are gonna live forever, let's go back to a simpler time <laughs> of five years ago or more <laughs> in the hot take time machine. Hot take time, time machine. Welcome to the Hot Take Time Machine. The Hot Take Time Machine is the part of the show where we take a look back at the prime of our social media posting. If you have a hot take five years or older from your Twitter or Facebook or even Instagram, I don't know how that would work on a podcast, but, you know, we'll figure it out. We would uh, describe send it to the picture. Us. Send it to us, Ethan at thecrunchcast.com or Patrick at thecrunchcast.com. Ethan, do you have a hot take for us? This is a good time to note that uh, I only check my email now, so if you try to send me a tweet or anything... I'm not going to get it and I'm not going to read it because I'm not on it. So You should get your DMs emailed to you. Mm, no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so, all right. So, this is um, – I'm trying to decide because I got like three that I really want to pick. I think this one's the one that the world needs to have unleashed on it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the This is from at DJ underscore pillowcase. The goat. In January 25th, 2015, so almost exactly five years ago, 3.43 p.m., so just a little, you know, pre-dinner hungry tweeting. It's from Twitter for iPhone, and it says, the world really needs a new Mumford & Sons album. <laughs> Sorry, wait, what was this, 2013? 2015. 2015, it's oh, still wow, a little really? late to tweet <laughs> yeah, that. I was, I was going to say that's a peak 2012 tweet, but that's in 2015, you said? Yeah, I, I was a bit behind... Uh, yeah, really. When it comes dude. to, um, I guess music. I got one <laughs> one retweet, eight likes. Uh, you were is, just you were just mad you slept on Babel until three years later. Yeah. When did Babel come out though? Twenty thirteen. It, it was twenty twelve. Twenty twelve. Won the twenty thirteen yeah. Grammys. Yeah. And then uh, the one after that was that was that album any, album any good? No. No, it wasn't. So, not. Sometimes I've got great predictions, like when I predicted that. Uh, Matt Lauer was going to needed to be kicked off of television. I was just wrong about the reason that he needed to be kicked off that of was television. Very impressive. Yeah. We'll have we'll have a we'll have a playlist once of once uh in a couple of years called The Crunch Predicts the Future. Yeah, that'll be funny. <laughs> and go through all the times that we predicted correctly. Yeah. But yeah, my I had this weird phase approximately around 20 right I guess very total college freshman move of like getting really into like real music, you know. Oh yeah, and for that it just it just meant listening to all, music with banjos. <laughs> I got really into Twenty One Pilots my freshman year. <laughs> <laughs> I could see you listening to car radio and be like, "This is so deep, dude." <laughs> no, I didn't listen to Vessel until like two years after. You know the name of the album? Yeah. I d- oh, that's interesting. 
I said I got into it my freshman year and still currently am into them. <laughs> oh, I missed that. That's crazy. I've no, never listened to 21 Pilots or been like, wow, I really like 21 Pilots. So I got really – so Blurry Face was the one that came out when I was in – when I was when I was a freshman, and that's the one that's got stressed out on it. That's the one that's got let that. That's the one that's very like, we're growing up, and that's sad. I don't know um, any of those songs or whatever you're referencing. <laughs> Sorry, I got in, I got into Vessel, and I like it better than their later stuff. But that's kind of cliche. Cause it's like, oh, their early stuff was great. Um, I only listen to Dookie by Green Day. <laughs> I only I only <laughs> I only listen to Twenty One Guns. I did try to listen to Green Day for a while too, just to. Be oh, when I was in middle school, absolutely, because yeah. that T-shirt was being sold at Walmart, and I was like, "Heck yeah, I've got a band T-shirt. I'm so edgy." Um, <laughs> no, when uh, what's the what's, okay? Someone DM'd me. Oh yeah, it was uh, Matt from the Catholic Card Game free publicity and yeah. um, no free pub, no free clout. Uh, he said he said if the Crunch was a band, it would be AJR. What does that even mean? Have, what is that? Have you listened to us? Have you listened to them? <laughs> Have you You've listened already, to us? <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I don't know who that is. AJR. Um, okay. Well, you definitely know "I'm Ready." That was the song where it's the "I'm Ready" from SpongeBob remixed. They put out um, "Week." Um, week. That one. Gotta say okay. that I really, I really don't know. I. You have to listen to. I don't know what it is about this podcast that makes you think that I know stuff about stuff. Cause it, Listen, cause you were Mr. Music for the first two years. I was, but I was Mr. Uh, Mr. Miyagi now. Now I'm Mr. Miyagi. I just sit washing cars and never uh, mind. That actually, Mr. Miyagi <laughs> kind of lived a dream life. He got to be he a did. maintenance man. He got to take care of bonsai trees, and he got to wash classic cars. Honestly. Not that I'm a cars guy, but I would like to beat up high schoolers one day. <laughs> <laughs> like he did in that film. Oh, my gosh. Do you have a hot oh, yeah. take? Anyway, okay. Oh, I or were do, you trying I to anyway, you're trying to say listen, something about AJR? Listen to listen to either the Click or Neo Theater. Why are they? There. But can you give me why? Tell me why that I should listen. Okay, so a lot of their songs. Patrick a just lot of leaned their songs, back. You guys can't see I, it at home, but I he leaned just, I leaned back to to for my analysis. This is yeah. when I when I like look off to in, uh, out of my window and and, yeah. and give. I my, usually just look up. Patrick has to have a whole body change. I do. Um. So AJR has like their their vibe is very much like I oh man I didn't, I wasn't ready to explain it. So <laughs> okay, here's here's the here's the gist. They have this one song called I'm Not Famous. Okay. And it's the most crunch thing I've ever heard. Really? It's just yeah, here's this here's this band that people look up to. They go to the shows and people are always excited when they meet them in public, mm-hmm. but they're like you don't care about what I do in my free time and that's how i like it because i am not famous um there's a song called pretender where they talk about it's it's pretty self-explanatory it's like everything everything that you say like i work really hard on my outward appearance i'm just like you um they the lyrics to the to the song i'm not famous the first two lines are where are my haters where are my haters i don't got them i'm not famous no which is already doesn't sync up with us because we have people that very much hate us (laughs) (laughs) uh anyway yeah but they're they're you you would like them they're they're electronic they got like yucky yeah they're they're cool it's not incarnational 
What do you mean not incarnational? Electronic oh. music. <laughs> I'm just being I'm being a chotch. That's funny. Yeah, thank oh, you. Remember chotches? Okay, I have a hot take time machine. All right, please. Good morning. It is your boy Ethan. Uh, hope you're enjoying today's episode. Hope you're getting lots of goofs, laughs, gags, um, and other sorts of spiritual edifications from this podcast. I just wanted to hop in and remind you guys real quick that we are only 25 days away from Meat Island Thursday. Now, if you don't know what Meat Island Thursday is, it's an organization slash collective slash commune slash uh, group, a sort of Branch Davidian kind of situation where they all get together and it's nothing like the Branch Davidians. I'm so sorry. <laughs> they all get together. <laughs> <laughs> and they're going to celebrate the uh, the Meat Island Thursday in between Ash Wednesday and the first Friday of Lent. It's on February 27th, 2020, and there's an official gather- gathering. It's 9.30 a.m. Have mercy on me. Um, <clears throat> there's an official gathering for Meat Island Thursday. Um, it is in Washington, D.C. metro area, and you can register uh, if you click a button on the website on MeatIslandThursday.com. You can also, if you have questions about it, about what it is um, that I've not sufficiently explained here in this advert, you can send an email to Thursday at gmail.com. Uh, it's a very important feast day. It actually has brought about conversion. It's brought about memes. It's brought about um, good questions about the nature of community fellowship and, of course, above all, meat. Um, now, if you liked the stories that I've told on this podcast about the chicken party and other such endeavors concerning um, that good sweet protein that we get from our friends, um, the cow and the chicken. Um, please, 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 please consider Meat Island Thursday as a destination for you, February 27th, 2020. Go to MeatIslandThursday.com, check it out, and enjoy the rest of the episode. I don't know what time we're at, so I don't know how to pace this episode. But, um, that's okay. It's just kind of with the flow of conversation. <laughs> that's true february 22nd 2014 at 12 30 at 1 2 3 4 p.m that's Ooh. good that's interesting it's a little post lunch tweeting yeah one pistachio turns into seven and seven turns into hating myself in the empty bag <laughs> <laughs> wow i told you i was funny when i was younger all right I'm, i have a different one <laughs> a no more okay i have a more embarrassing one all right all right all right i guess um, go for it you know what? No, let's let's talk let's talk about let's, let's talk about the, the Let's pistachio. talk pistachio. Let's get down to the pistache. Let's get really down to the nuts and bolts of this. Oh man, that was good. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> New episodes every Sunday. Yes. <laughs> Come check us out if you like the pistache. I don't get that one. I don't either. I just like saying pistache. 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 Um Uh <laughs> you ever had pistachio pizza before? No. Oh, it's so good. I don't think I've ever had a pistachio. You've never had a pistachio? Yeah. They're pretty good. They're green. They're really expensive. Hmm. Pistachio, pistachios, pistachiamos, pistachiais. <laughs> the problem with pistachios is that, like every other nut, they are very high calorie. But unlike every other nut, they're incredibly addicting. You know how you can get you you get bored of almonds and peanuts and like cashews? Mm-hmm. Maybe not cashews. But pistachios are incredibly addicting. Really? Because they're oh, salty, yeah. probably. Yeah, and they're like they're like they're hard to get out of the shell too. Mm-hmm. They're like a little. It's reward. like a little game, like a little puzzle that you get to them. Yeah, with your <laughs> so it's like it's like you get you get a little you get the little like challenge achievement reward. <laughs> after, you know, um, <laughs> I did it. I... Yeah, and... thingy open rock with nut inside. <laughs> 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 
but anyway, so the a pistachio pizza, you like crush up the pistachios okay. and you roast them in garlic and olive oil, and then you put them on a pizza with like white sauce and um, no, not white sauce. I forget what you put on the pizza. Mm. But it's like you get ricotta cheese or no mozzarella cheese uh, and yes. rosemary. Okay. And that's it. That's all that's on the pizza. Mm-hmm. And I had this pizza in Arizona. Um, the zone at SLS. Oh. I don't think you were with us. No, I wasn't but, invited. Um, it was like this gourmet pizza shop, like a 20-minute walk from the convention center. Ooh, and that's too far. It was amazing. I had it with like sausage on it, and it was great. And then someone paid for my meal, Ooh. so it was even better. <laughs> I I have a couple Because that pizza was going to be $20 if I didn't. Really? It's too oh, much. Yeah, it, was, it was an expensive pizza. I have a couple comments. The first one is anytime <laughs> people – what? Sorry, I have a couple comments about the sandwiches. <laughs> The first one is is that anytime anybody describes a recipe to me, I have to pretend like I know what they're talking about. So you said a couple words in there. You were like, it's ricotta cheese. No, 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 mozzarella. And I was like, ah, oh, yeah, there's a difference. Yeah, when I said rosemary and you nodded, I was like, you're BSing, aren't you? Rosemary. <laughs> I know what rosemary is. You said white sauce as if it's just some kind of like universal. Like there's lots of sauces that are white, dude. You can't just. <laughs> Ethan's over here putting ranch dressing. <laughs> <laughs> and that happens to me all the time. My teammate, Alexander. He's a good cook and he has a good sense for like what's good and what's not good in food. But he'll like start like we'll talk. We'll be talking about something and be like, oh, man, I haven't had uh, pasta in a while. And he'll be like, ooh, have you ever had something, something? It's got little little basil in there, you know, a little little, you know, like I don't like names of (laughs) (laughs) names of things that I don't even know. He'll be like, you ever had this? You know, just put a little this on, add some little this and you sprinkle it in. And I'm like, wow. Yeah, that all sounds great, but I have to pretend to like know about the food, which is it's a constant struggle. And maybe it just means I need to know more about stuff. My extent of cooking knowledge is whatever Gordon Ramsay yells about on the Kitchen Nightmares, which is why I had to block YouTube because I was watching too much Kitchen Nightmares. Um, (laughs) The risotto. Um, the reason but, why I went into the ingredients list is because pistachio, you can't just have pistachio pizza. You got to have everything on the list. Right. In my mind, it was just a pistachio with sauce, cheese, and pepperoni on it. And I thought to myself, yeah, no. wow, that's a small little pizza. But <laughs> now I understand that the pistachio is on the pizza. How did you cut the, the pepperoni so tiny? <laughs> <laughs> my second comment is I, I kind of despise the nut. Sorry? <laughs> Not I like peanuts. I yeah. like cashews. Oh, you despise nuts in general. No. No, 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 no. Yes. Like Ethan <laughs> <laughs> trying to avoid a controversial statement. <laughs> I don't want to get canceled I, let me just by say the, I respect the, the culture of the peanuts. The pro nut lobby. <laughs> um I think nuts are great. I just don't think they have a voice in men's vocations. Anyway. Um Oh gosh. <laughs> I can cut that out. Uh, no, you can't. No, I can't. All right. Made so, your bed to go to lie in it. Um what I'm saying is is people always be putting nuts in things, right? Like, oh, hey, I made you some brownies. Amazing. They have nuts in them. Dear Lord, I don't want to touch them, right? Oh, hey, I made you some banana bread. Wow, I'm so excited to eat it. It has walnuts in it. Why would you sully banana bread with walnuts? Why would you Mike Wazowski banana bread? Why would you? Sully from Monsters Incorporated. Oh, Go on. Gosh, darn <laughs> stupid. I thought Mike Wazowski had become a term for like messing something up while I was off Twitter. And I was like, what happened? Did we do a Monsters Inc. Renaissance? Um, anyway, that's my two minute rant. Well, I just, there is one, but. Um, I just hate that we are always be, we, people be putting nuts in things. I make, I make oatmeal and I put peanut butter and walnuts in it every morning. 
But that's different. That's no, not, not like a treat. No, yeah, you're right. It's not a treat. It's just it's just so I get a little crunch in my oatmeal. You know what There's saying? nothing wrong with a little crunch. You know what I'm saying? Nothing wrong with a little crunch in the morning. Hey. You know what I'm saying? The EWTN Radio, of, give us the crunch in the morning. Give us that show. The best give, part of having a podcast named The Crunch is anytime you go to a restaurant and it says, like, <laughs> want some crunch, you can say, absolutely. And hey, everybody around and every you. Every time someone says the word crunch, I go, what was that? Yeah, everybody around you crunch? will throw whatever they're holding at you. Today, yeah, <laughs> today at the Newman Center, one of the we were talking, um, and somebody asked me what I was doing today, and I said, "Oh, not too much. You know, I got to go home and record the podcast." And one of the guys that I've known for like a year, he said, "Oh, you have a podcast?" And I thought he was like joking because it's like, "Oh, oh that's no, really funny." So you, like dunked on him, and so I said, "Shut your mouth, Mitchell." <laughs> <laughs> and he looked so hurt, and he's like, "I didn't, I didn't know that you had a podcast." And I was like, "Oh, I'm so sorry. I thought you were making fun of me." <laughs> Everyone stop making fun of us because we accidentally lash out at people who don't deserve it. I know. <laughs> Shut your mouth, Mitchell. <laughs> All right. Oh, poor Mitchell. I know. This That's so, so funny. Anyway. It reminds of me of another crunch. story. I'm sorry. <laughs> speaking have, of the crunch. Again, like I said, three people, if three people tell us that they hate me singing crunch on that, we will stop. But th- two people have told us and two people have told us they like it, which cancels each other out. So, so far, zero people have talked to us. Um, so it's time for crunch on that. Crunch on that. There we go. That's it. Go oh, is it maybe like a little more? Alright. It's time for crunch on that. That's it. Maybe like one more. Crunch on that. Alright, that's I mean that's all I'm gonna get today. That's all I'm gonna get. That's fine. <laughs> Whatever. It's he not like, like I'm cutting my losses. Yeah, I know. <laughs> He'll be fine. Um Pat, I wanted to uh share a more serious story with you you know i love i love joking around i love being a 13 year old boy i love hating on the nut oh canceled (laughs) (laughs) um but one thing i really love is friendship Mm -hmm. (laughs) did you just drop Mm -hmm. something i dropped a coin okay no i i went to stillwater this weekend and something magical happened Mm mm-hmm I was hanging out with my friends. Maybe not magical. Uh, it gave me some insight into life. I was hanging out with my friends, and I got there at like 9.30, and it was some of the missionaries um, and some students. I got there at 9.30. We were eating breakfast. We were talking, had some coffee, you know, all that stuff. Talking, talking, talking. Cleaned up the kitchen, moved to the living room, talking, talking, talking. Before we knew it, it was 3 p.m. Oh, wow. I know. It was one of those days. And nobody – it didn't feel like long. It didn't feel short. It just felt like – Time had just passed. Time. Yeah, time. To, we were outside of time, which is which was amazing. Um, and we talked about a lot of things in that conversation, and a lot of them, I was like, after the fact, like, wow, that's all really good stuff that I could unpack on the podcast if I really wanted to. Um, but one of the things that we we talked about that I thought was very interesting was the nature of a child, like raising children which you and I both know a lot about. Uh, we're really good. Very at good at children. Well, it's because we've been raising each other for three years. Child rearing. I would say <laughs> you've been raising me more than I've been raising you. My large son. My, I'm big. <laughs> Emma made fun of me today for only weighing 145 pounds, which I think is kind of annoying. <laughs> I'm trying to stay slim, and I'm getting blasted for it. But listen, I'm trying, I'm trying to keep... I'm trying to stay I keep, cut. I keep it thin for the ladies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Every lady loves when she can touch both of her elbows when hugging a man. <laughs> anyway, um, 
You can have some of my weight if you want. <laughs> you can have <laughs> we can, some of that. We can split it evenly. Yeah. Uh, hey, thank you for listening to this episode of The Crunch. Sorry to interrupt what I'm sure is a stimulating intellectual conversation, but I wanted to pause the episode real quick to let you hear from some of our sponsors. We will be back right after this. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. So we were talking about raising children. So they were, they were telling, so Clayton and Reagan, my good friends, they were telling a story about this couple that they know back in College Station. And the dad is like a professor of something, something, something. And the mom was like a volleyball coach or something, something, something. They homeschool their kids. They've got a lot of kids. And the thing that they said that differentiated these children from a lot of other children that they knew or just from kids in general was that their parents were always teaching them, right? Mm -hmm. So they were always at every opportunity taking the time to explain and not like sit them down and say like, all right, this is why we're doing this. And do you understand? It was like just as they're living their lives, um, talking about things like virtue, talking about things like sin, heaven, hell, Jesus, the church, or explaining things like this is why, you know, we don't we don't want you to be playing violent video games because of this and this and this and like constantly reinforcing those truths to these children, right? And like th- they were talking about this 10-year-old boy who when the first time they met him, he like walked up to him, introduced himself, stuck his hand out, gave a nice handshake and like had, was able to have a conversation with them at 10 years old. Huh. That's and, crazy. Yeah, which is which and it shouldn't be crazy, right? It is adorable, but it shouldn't be crazy. Yeah. And this this child was talking about how he feels so sad for his other classmates because they are getting iPhones at such a young age, right? And he sees them like getting addicted to their phones and social media and video games. Yeah. And he like recognizes how those things are not good. Which is amazing because he's 10 years old <laughs> and he understands that he can artic- articulate it well and explain it better than a lot of adults. And so we were talking about that and talking about the nature of raising a child. And we were talking about how they were homeschooled. And we were talking about like, cause one of our friends, Maggie had brought up how she misses or like looks back a lot on her time living in a small town in Kansas. Cause they didn't have like TV. They didn't have any of those mm-hmm. things like growing up. She didn't really have internet at her house. And so 
for the first 10 years of her life until she moved to a bigger city. And so we were talking about like, does, and Maggie's one of the most like well-adjusted, normal, great. She's a very holy, very fun, like super easy to be around person, right? Like nothing about her is off because of those years. Yeah. And so we were talking about the nature of like what it means to shelter your child and like how sheltering your child isn't sounds like a bad thing. When you think about it, like we ask the father to provide shelter for us all the time. Right. Yeah. So shelter should not, and shelter is like a good thing because you don't want to be in the elements and you don't want to be right. out. And so we talk about how being sheltered is bad, but actually it's, it's really good. And it's something that we should do. And it's important to like not compromise with the culture because your child like really, really wants something. Um, but you can avoid that by always be teaching them and those kinds of things. And so, I don't know, we just kind of unpacked, like, do you think that you were sheltered when you were growing up? Because some might say that you were, but you might not think that you were, and why it's not actually, like, bad. I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on that? I would imagine that you do, because I know you. But <laughs> I thought it was I a very, very interesting concepts of, like, rethinking what it means to shelter somebody. Yeah. Well, you said that the only, the only analogy I could think of is, like, not sheltering your kids because you're worried they that sheltering is bad like per se like mm-hmm. sheltering sheltering is bad yeah in and of itself it's like shoving your kid out in the sun with no sunscreen because you heard that people with darker skin don't get sunburned as easily so if you have more sun exposure it'll be harder for you to get sunburned in the future it's like yeah that's true but also this is a baby and they should not be in the direct sunlight yeah um, for very long <laughs> Um, You've turned your baby into a ruffle tortilla chip. <laughs> uh, I think I think that ten year old is very mature. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny as I talk to all of my middle schoolers and my high school students. How many children do you have? My yeah, I have so many kids. <laughs> I'm basically the Von Trapp family. Um, By yourself? <laughs> just me. They uh, they all know they're addicted to their phones and they all hate it. Yeah. They all hate how addicted they are, and they hate how they feel trapped in them. Mm-hmm. And like I said in my Life Teen blog. <laughs> buy my buy, book. Buy, buy my, my book. book. <laughs> Go get web traffic to my Life Teen article. Um, they weren't, they didn't like, they asked for these things, sure, mm-hmm. but they were given them. You know, it's, 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 you were, you were, you inherited this world. You know, it's a world that like yeah. a generation prior to you created unwittingly. Yeah. And then you were handed this, you know, like 10 year olds that are being handed iPhones, are they responsible for the brain frying that's about to happen to them? No, absolutely not. Yes. Um, we should execute They are. Them. <laughs> Individually, they are responsible. Kill them. Um, none of us knew. For I asked my mom for an iPhone, but she had no clue mm-hmm. of what was about to happen. I got an iPhone before the development of mobile ads, which, again, is a big development in social media. Mm-hmm. People don't talk about yeah. the the advent of mobile advertising. Um, so the, the iPhone was very, like, hey, it was kind of innocuous, right? But now we should know how addictive these things are Yes. to the point where we should not give them to children. Um I wish that I didn't have internet at my house. I actually didn't get, I didn't get Wi-Fi at my house until recently. I know. Um, kind of crazy. And now I'm watching a lot more TV. Oh and, no. And getting a new, and getting a new iPhone. Now I'm spending more time on my phone than I did when my phone was slower. Forward you know, your TV like, to formed.org. Formed.org. <laughs> Watch documentaries about John Paul II. Oh, um, this is what we were talking. This is what we were talking about. You mentioned time mm. flying and like not being able to measure it and realizing it was three o'clock. Mm-hmm. That actually ties into 
this whole phone thing. So I'm reading this book, Amusing Ourselves to Death by Neil Postman. Mm. Check it out. Professor Patrick's Book Corner. (laughs) And in the first chapter, he didn't, it's about television and how television is changing the way we communicate. Deborah! Deborah. (laughs) (laughs) And it's funny because he actually, he, he doesn't care about junk entertainment. He's like, yeah, junk entertainment is fine. Really? It's actually, it's what television is there for. Interesting. He's more concerned about television news and education programs. Ooh. Yeah, because the television replacing politics, the television replacing education is a problem because it's not built for that. Because the the way the, the medium defines the message, right? The, the medium has limitations, right? There are certain things that you can that you can have communicated in a podcast, a dialogue that you can have in a podcast that you can't communicate via a book right one author writing a book you can't exactly have the same kind of like tone right there's different things being communicated similarly on a television show where there's a news anchor talking to you you can't kind of go into the nuances that a book requires it has to be short it has to be digestible has to be 30 minutes has to be plain language right you can't have flowing prose in a book but anyway the first thing he talks about is the clock the clock as a communications device and how the clock was invented as a, a way for us to measure time <laughs> as a way for us to like kind of take time as something that's separate from us uh-huh. and tell it what it's doing. Right. But now instead of ruling the clock, we kind of invented what the clock was. We chose what seconds and hours and minutes meant, but now the clock rules us right now. We can only time used to just be some like amorphous concept right it's like like space but now we have a way to quantify it and we're chained to that way of quantifying it right like like in the movie castaway absolutely <laughs> absolutely like the movie castaway so <laughs> tom hanks's character is obsessed with time in the movie castaway anyway oh really yes okay that's the whole yes. point of the movie carry on okay i so, wasn't joking <laughs> <laughs> i just I haven't watched it recently enough to like have that big of a understanding of what the metaphor is of the movie castaway that's okay spalding okay carry on so Similarly, he talks about if we look at the world, we built, we built television to be a tool for us to communicate certain ideas, but now we're becoming a slave to it, right? In the 80s, it was like you get your news, everything from the television. Everything is communicated to you through the television. That's not really the case anymore. No. The television is purely an entertainment device. Yes. It's kind of fixed, but now what is our primary source of news? What is it even? Tell me. <laughs> it's like Dora's mouse is on the screen. I'm looking. I'm looking. Click on Twitter. <laughs> or click on like, or like Facebook. Pigeons. Or, yeah. He he mentions he mentions the telegraph as an early form of, of television. Mm-hmm. Of um he quotes Emerson saying, like, we've 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 been so quick to build telegraph lines from Texas to Maine, we didn't stop to think what do these do these two actually need to know what's going on. Did Ralph Waldo Emerson watch Jurassic Park before he said that? (laughs) No. Jurassic Park just touches on, like, it's a touch. I'm just kidding. No. It just touches on on a time-old tradition of we spent so much time wondering if we could, we didn't stop and think, Mm -hmm. should we? Yeah. Right? And it's a lesson we should have learned in the 90s with that that beautiful allegory of Jurassic Park, but we didn't. And so Emerson says, does Texas and Maine actually need to know what's going on? Does a murder in Texas actually affect affect a citizen in maine no it doesn't but now they're focused on each other because so now now huge events that happen across the country that don't affect us locally now we live in a global village right and so 
that has an effect on us, obviously. We care a lot about what's happening in New York. We care a lot about what's happening in California. America as a nation wouldn't exist without a national global village, right? And yeah. so these technological devices have an effect on the way our world works. And so we need to think about them mm -hmm. and we need to use them wisely and we need to <laughs> definitely not give them to children because yeah. they're the least qualified to use new technology. We're not even qualified to use new technology. I'm not qualified. It's so interesting because you think about for all of human history. Yesterday was Aquinas' feast day, so we, we did some thinking and talking yesterday. Shout out Aquinas. For all of human history, the, mo the majority of things that you touched and interacted with were either God-made or, or man-made, like, but like directly man-made. Yeah. Um, from things that God made. From things that God made. Not that there's things that have been made not from what God yeah, made. Yeah, but no, you know I what I mean. Like either you're in nature, you're around nature, um, or you have like think take this like like a mug, right? Like this mug that I have here on my, my table. This was very clearly not made by a man, right? This was made by a, a a machine somewhere. Yeah. A robot. Okay. But if you had a if you have a mug that was made by a man, you can see like in the handle, you could see a thumbprint. You could see like different ways that the fingers indented the clay and, and all of that stuff. And you could see if there was art on it, right? You could see that particular artist's, you know, interpretation of whatever. So there was a lot for a long time, right? That's But that's how it was with tables, with houses, with chairs, with food, with everything. Paper. Um, all the things that we, we used were all more directly connected to the things that God made. I um, mean, closely directed to people. And this has an effect, obviously, like on children, on the family, because now the thing that we touch the most is like a thin sheet of glass and aluminum mm -hmm. that lights up. <laughs> yeah. And like that's so discongruent with the rest of human history and how that is is dangerous. I was somebody told me earlier, and this is not to like shame anybody, but like this girl's uncle had like sent her a picture of a calf that had just been born on his farm or something. Mm -hmm. And she was like, is that a sheep? Like she didn't, she didn't know. And I don't think it's cause she's dumb. It's cause she doesn't know what a baby freshly born cow looks like. Yeah. And yeah. Which made me start thinking like, okay, we have people who live in cities, right? We have people who live far removed from nature, far removed from, quote god's creation right because god didn't yeah. make cities <laughs> he, he did that on purpose <laughs> but so all of a sudden when you think about the gospel and you think about evangelization how on earth do you share the story of the lost sheep to someone who doesn't know what a sheep is how do you share the story of um the fishermen dropping their nets or the the the, the apostles rowing the boat across the sea and jesus walking on water if they they've never seen somebody fish they've never seen somebody row a boat if they've, you know, how do you explain the, the soil and the seeds and the vine and the vine grower? If nobody's, if you've never seen vines or vine growing or farming or planting yeah. or what, any of those things, right? And this is kind of like a, this is something I've been reflecting on of like thinking about how a guy like Michael O'Brien lives. Cause it sounds super crazy. Cause he lives up in a house by himself in Canada with his kids and <laughs> he lives kind Goals. of secluded in some ways, right? He still has community, but he lives on land and all this stuff and they don't have TV and they don't have internet and all that stuff. And you think like, wow, that these kind of like old fashioned, that's super weird. But if you think about wanting to raise your children in an environment that 
most prepares them to receive the gospel and then go and spread it, that makes the most sense. And so yeah. this is my plug to live in the Midwest and not in a major metropolitan area because I think it's uh, there's a reason that so many <laughs> – like you talk about – people get mad at me, right? Because they're like, Ethan, K-State it's no different than any other school. K-State has a lot of farm kids at it. There's a lot of people from Western Kansas who know God's creation and have to trust in God for their livelihood and for their parents' livelihood. Mm-hmm. And so naturally, there's going to be more people ready to receive the gospel and ready to live it out than people who were raised in cities, born in cities, didn't have that close encounter with God. Not to say that God can't work, obviously, right? He can do yeah. anything and he can reach everybody in all places and at all times. But it, when you think about it in those terms, it makes a lot more sense that places like Nebraska, places like Wichita, Kansas— are some of the hottest spots for Catholic families and, and the church to be growing and really making a difference. I don't know. I think all of this is connected. I just don't know what exactly my point is. No, I think I think you make a good point. Thank because you. Because he talks in the book, he makes those exact same points mm-hmm. about mediation. Yeah. It's essentially about mediation. He says the world is necessarily... So actually, he doesn't make this point. He thinks that mediation is bad. Yeah. Um, because because he's because he's Protestant. Yeah, okay. that, 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 <laughs> that it, makes sense. It's because it's because he's a classical Protestant and John Elridge looking Protestantism. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's just like that's the, that's the mindset he has of mediation equals bad. I can go directly to God myself, etc. But he brings up this point that like the world is necessary. God is necessarily mediated to us from through the world, right? That is the way. That is the mode he has chosen to reveal himself to us is through creation. Yeah, he has chosen to reveal himself through creation. That is a mediation, right? Um, but the further away we remove ourselves from mediation, we've placed so many things in our way. We now place screens mm. in front of the machines, in front of the people, in front of the creation that God is supposed to mediate himself through to us. Yeah. So like we now have so many different things in between us and God that it's becoming harder and harder for us to like see him naturally. People are God's creation too, Patrick. Yes. Okay. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just made it the way you made it sound. It said like, people are getting in between me and the trees it's like actually god is probably more fully revealed in people than he is to in the people yeah, yeah trees yeah. anyway but i know what your I, point I, is. I, I, I meant to say through the people that are god yes okay that. gotcha yeah. just don't yeah, want yeah. i don't want you to get canceled <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> um so screens and anyway. machines and all screens those things. and machines yeah um what was i saying sorry no it's okay it happens Mediation. Not making making sure that we aren't canceled is the number one priority of this podcast. <laughs> we spend our entire lives balancing the delicate balance between having opinions and being the worst person ever. Um, oh, wait. Yeah, actually, cancellation brings up a good point. Okay. Um, when the world is mediated to you mm-hmm. through several different steps, right? Because the screen isn't just a, an extension of machinery. It's an extension of the entire world trying to, like, instead of communicating one-on-one like we're used to or one-on-many, we're now in what is called a many-to-many oh, communication. That sounds okay? hellish. And I had a professor in college who hated this term because he's like, you can't, you can't have many-to-many communication. You're reading one tweet at a time. So you're only having, you're only having a, a one-to-one communication there. Really fast. But it's not the case. It's not the case because every, every especially on Twitter or like other, other where the, the conversation is key, right? Even though something is said to you directly, that conversation is now communicated to everyone. Yeah. Right. And so even things that these these innovations like the telegraph, then the tele, then the telephone, and then like the television, and now social media. You forgot the radio. The radio. <laughs> it's all about it's all about bringing things far away, close to you. Mm-hmm. 
right? Which could be an analogy for God, right? Okay. If, you know, you want to go that way, but... Maybe. It's more like bringing... A, it, it also brings irrelevant things close to you. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't just bring... It doesn't bring things that are far... It brings everything close to you. Social media brings everything close. Yeah. And... Gosh, what a way I to think live. That's, it, it, brings, it brings stuff that's not important to you, right? It, it, it makes you... It says, hey, you need to care about this. It's... The te- it does something the television didn't, right? The television brings the television brings you like news of the Middle East to your to your kitchen table, okay. right? That that's something that it does. But social media requires that you have an opinion on it, right? Does it though? It does. Everybody had to tweet something about Kobe. You don't have to post. I didn't post no, anything about Kobe. No, me either. But everyone did. Like every social media channel, Mr. Peanut had to post something about it, mm. right? Like every it, it, the 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 idea of something trending, right? The reason Twitter shows you trending things is so like, Hey, here's stuff you might want to talk about because you have to have it. You should have an opinion on this. Um, we talk about this, like we talk about informed voters, right? An informed voter knows everything that's going on and has an opinion on it. Um, these multi-platform parties mm. that have opinions on everything all the way up to up from like wh- how we should defend our country down to like how people should, you know, pee, pee, yeah. <laughs> how people should, you know, get married and you know ah yes okay now I see what you're those things okay yeah. you could have said no, those, it you can say the sex th- word on the podcast sex word um i was i was wondering whether to go go the marriage route or the abortion route oh gotcha anyway these things are not inherent to political parties right right but we on every on every polarizing issue we have to put them on one side or the other because everyone needs to have an opinion yeah everyone needs to say something about this news event right and instead of instead of creating people that are informed it's created idiots <laughs> Hey, right? It's I'm one of those it idiots. Has. No, <laughs> it's created it's created people um, thinking the problem with the problem with not everyone needs to have an opinion on everything. And when you think you need to have an opinion on something, and you don't have an informed one, then you're becoming an idiot. I think we're all idiots. <laughs> wow, bringing it back to Green Day, they were right all along. They were right. I don't want to be an American idiot. Wow, what a 21st century breakdown <laughs> we're having here. <laughs> I, no, but like, okay, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, I think this is why an app like TikTok is actually dangerous. Now, hear me out. Because I think TikTok is better than Twitter. No, I think it's worse, actually. Okay, because I think it it is mediation, but it tricks your brain into thinking that it's not mediation. And so there are trends and there are viral memes and all sorts of things that go on, right, at a rapid fire pace, like even faster than Twitter, I feel like. Yeah, TikTok actually, moves. Yeah. And so because you have I was listening to a dumb dumb interview. <laughs> it was it was a clip of Elon Musk on Joe Rogan's podcast, which is just too So the one he smoked weed on? Yeah. Um I was listening to him talk about I'm sure Elon Musk he is wants a, so badly to be Tony Stark. He's a smart guy when it comes to like engineering and stuff, but he's so dumb when it comes to philosophy. And <laughs> Joe Rogan too, like he's a great interviewer, but they both have some some bad ideas about life and what it means to be human. Um, and he was talking about something that was interesting was about the brain and about how um, we kind of have our conscious minds and then like our, our limbic bodies and about how like, yeah, basically interfacing with AI, you know, removes the element of our limbic bodies and like makes it all irrelevant and our conscious minds are what blah, 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 blah. Anyway, so, but he, they were talking about why something like Instagram is more... Um, appealing than something like Twitter is because it is more limbic, right? It, we can see more of ourselves in it, right? Because you're seeing pictures of people. 
Yeah. That's also the reason why pornography is addicting. Um, nobody gets it. Well, people might get addicted, but like reading smut is not nearly as um, enticing as yeah, watching a video. Yeah, it's not a, a billion-dollar industry. Exactly. Say so, that. Yeah. so then you have something like – so let's switch it over to like Twitter versus TikTok. So TikTok has – you can – not only are you like, I've never had the app. I just know people have described it to me. <laughs> so <laughs> I might totally sound like an old man, but like you can, you can reply directly to people. You can make videos responding to other videos. The editing that you can do on that app is insane. Like everything yeah. that you can, could imagine to do is you can do. That's awesome. Um, you can take what people are saying, make it your own and respond to it and see people respond to your TikToks by making their own that are based off of yours. So through like this app, you are getting people that are being tricked into thinking that like they're having relationship and they're having communication and they're having community because of all of the, the, the neurons that it's firing in our brains about like a conversation could have with, with a person um, in the same way that pornography tricks you you know, and when it comes to like the sexual things, I think TikTok tricks people into thinking they have friends and they have community when in reality, it's like the mediation that's happening is being hidden, right? They're not recognizing the things that are being told to them or the things that are being fed to them because it's less explicit than something like Twitter where you can read it and see like, oh, this is what's being mediated to me. Um, Cause they just see it as these are my friends and this is what my friends do. Even if they're just following somebody that has millions of followers, they say, oh, this is my friend and this is what my friend does. Which is nothing new. Well, a pair a parasocial relationship is something that happens yeah. from television shows too. Yeah. So when because I just think what, it's worse because be, of the res- you can't respond to TV even if Dora the Explorer makes you think that you can, <laughs> you can actually you can respond and hear get responses back, which is not even something that Vine could do. Yeah, I, I think I see what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, so like what you're saying is because there's more human elements to it. Yeah. It's more addicting and therefore it's like more dangerous dangerous because people can form these parasocial relationships yeah. more easily that's what i'm saying so i think i think that that's i think that's a good point i disagree i think that surely it makes it more addictive mm-hmm. but i don't think that makes it as damaging socially really um so what what neil postman says in his book is he says that sesame street and dateline are more damaging than like saturday night live i wouldn't say saturday night live as an example but like junk television like the simpsons the office or The Office. No, seriously. Yeah. yeah like The Office yeah. or BoJack Horseman. Like even yeah. shows that have like honestly good mm-hmm. human, although it's a horse, uh, <laughs> stories. And even though – because it's storytelling, which is always – we're always looking for better ways to storytell. Sure. Right? Story, like novels and, and political treatises do different things. Um, that doesn't say one is better than the other. So television insofar as it is a storytelling medium is fine. Yes. It, it communicates that well. I agree. I think social media similarly um, – so the, the the medium restricts the message. There you can't. He gives the example of smoke signals. You can't. You, there's no philosophical nuance to a smoke signal. Correct. Um, you can't. You know, you, it's 140 characters, right? There's no philosophical nuance to a tweet, mm-hmm. right? But the problem is, there's no philosophical nuance to a TikTok. But a TikTok doesn't pretend that there is. You know what I mean? Maybe See, I, ca- I can't say like Facebook, more because I don't use it. Sorry. That's fair. Sites like Facebook and Instagram, sorry, sites like Facebook and Twitter, mm-hmm. they pretend or at least they try to be news sources when they can't be. They can't they can't really be a source of news, especially Twitter, because it's limiting, right? Facebook has gotten better by its ability to like publish links to articles and stuff and like actual newspapers and stuff, but 
it has that element of because it's a news site where everyone can comment whenever you go into like west 2 news's uh or fox news's comment section it's just nonsense yeah it's just nonsense yeah. and people feel like they need to and that it does something people are responding to bernie sanders <laughs> in an nbc dateline not like an nbm i will never read any of the responses to any of my yeah. tweets why do you think Bernie Sanders cares what you're writing in some other news organization's Facebook feed? But people do yeah. because they feel like they have a voice, right? They, it, it, it's, it's, not, it's the same thing with a revolution, right? You feel like you have a voice. You feel like you are getting something done. But in reality, the French Revolution didn't do anything for the common person. Um, mm. TikTok, on the other hand, mm -hmm. and Instagram, I think, are purely sources of entertainment. And because mm. they don't try to be anything more, they are then okay. Right, it's yeah. like the difference between Marco Polo. You know, Marco Polo is like a better way to communicate because it shows more of the person. Yeah. Right, it's, or it's like how you'd rather FaceTime your girlfriend than text her. Mm -hmm. You know, because you're seeing more of the person, you get more, it's more human. And even though that makes it easier to use, I don't think that's a problem as long as you just write, because like if you, if you spend all your time reading um, trashy novels like Don Quixote does, you go insane. Yes. Right, that, the first Western novel was about someone reading too many books. Right, I think, I think similarly you could write. You could easily write a quixotic novel of someone who writes too many, watches too many TikToks. Yeah. Hmm. Someone make a high school movie about Don Quixote. I've been saying this for years. I'm sure you. I think have. it'd be really funny. I think it'd be really funny. I, hmm. I'm trying to figure out the, because I think I'm thinking about kids these days, right? Kids these days. Yeah, and, absolutely. And I'm not. Stop! Don't do that. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. You always say yeah absolutely, yeah, absolutely when you don't when you think I'm going off the rails. <laughs> I'm thinking about kids these days and I I don't I certainly believe that uh younger kids have Twitter, but I don't believe they're getting addicted to it as much as people yours and my age and older. Hmm. And so I think Twitter's going to become less and less of a thing. And so maybe the real concern is not I'm not even worried about Twitter being a, f a fake news place where people think that I don't think the news is fake. No, it's not even, you, yeah. you know what I mean? Like what you're talking about, how it's like pretends to be a news site, but it's not actually, Oh yeah. That's yeah. what I mean. Not fake news. <laughs> Sorry. I should have used a much it's not, better There's term. no lie. It's not exactly the lies aren't the problem. It's that it's, it yes. makes people think they have a voice. But I, but I think the, the, the younger people, the people that are coming into college now that are freshmen, right. And sophomores yeah, and all the high schoolers currently, they're not looking to have a voice when it comes to the news. Mm -hmm. In general, they don't really care. They're looking to have a voice when it comes to, am I funny? Is this a good meme? Am I, am I getting follows? Is this, is this in keeping with what is hot right now? Oh, I see what you're saying. It's a problem because there's a clout element. Yes. And everyone wants to be a, everyone wants to be like a beauty guru on, you've seen those videos of little girls yes. doing makeup tutorials. Yes. Yeah. And I'm not going to say that this is everyone's problem and maybe this isn't as universal as I think it is, but I think we we're living in a time more, more so society. than, more so than ever. And maybe we talked about this a bit last week, but like we're lacking seriously real friendship. And so you can, you can have real friendship and still be wrong about how you get your news but if you don't have real friendship, then everything else is kind of like there's no chance of anything else going right, which is unfortunate. And so I think there's a more I think Twitter is a level up. Right. The problems with Twitter is a level up than the problems with Instagram and TikTok. I would agree. Does that make Twitter does that make more sense? So that's why I yeah. think it's more dangerous because it's more fundamental. But maybe I'm 
I don't know if I have any. This is why I have a podcast is to, to say these things out loud and figure out what I actually think. But no, this is good. Yeah. Uh, because I don't, I don't think people are talking. I think the problem, I think the problem that kids have, and this is what I've seen from literally the ten middle schoolers that I talk to during middle school youth group on Sundays, yes. and my twenty high school students. Like based on what I've talked to with those kids, they feel like they have a problem, but they don't know how to stop. Mm. They know they feel worse about themselves. Mm-hmm. But again, this is a high school thing. This isn't because like. I don't think that I have a problem looking on Instagram and going, wow, that person's life is so much better than mine. My life sucks. Yes. Right? But that's why I feel okay going on Instagram because I don't have that problem. My first instinct is, wow, that person has having so much fun. That's so good. You know? Yeah. But two people can react differently to different things. Um, no. I think, I know. <laughs> I think one of my vices is I tend to get really heated about stuff I'm passionate about and Twitter is very limiting. Uh-huh. And so like, I naturally come off like a jerk. And then you text on, me on, and you say, I can't believe this person's being a jerk to me. <laughs> and you're like, Patrick, Patrick, it's Twitter. You're the jerk. <laughs> the log off. <laughs> log off. Yeah. I have never been the jerk. I have never been wrong online. And that is something I will defend. Hot take time machine ride or die. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Carry on. I have ne- I've never been wrong. There never was a wrong boy me and never will I wrong boy be. Uh, anyway. Yeah. I think. So I. Okay, go ahead. I were as I was as I was finishing up um, everybody has their different vices and those vices manifest themselves differently and I think talking about how different vices play off on social media is better than lumping it all and saying is this thing yeah. good or is this thing bad yeah. because we talk all the time everybody wants to know everybody in the Catholic Church wants to know what's a good Catholic on social media, whether it's just a person or as a ministry. And I just don't, I don't know. Yes, I don't know. It's, I don't think it's possible to say universally. Yeah. Our friend at Life Teen says, stop the scroll. That's what I've heard from them. And I think that that's good. I think that's a good message. It's like their goal on, on Twitter, on Instagram is to have like a call to action mm-hmm. of like, get off of social media and go look at this thing. Yeah. Right. So like, don't add to the nonsense that's in there. Stop the scroll. Get them to, if it's just a text post, yeah. get them to stop and think. Yeah. Right. If it's a link, link it to something prayerful, link it to something wholesome, right. Or a meme. It's like, stop and laugh. It's like asking, like, how can there be a good Catholic on social media? It's like asking, how can there be a good Catholic in the workplace? Literally, there's yeah. so many ways to do it. There's yeah, so many, cause there's fair. so many different professions and there's so many different giftings and there's so many different, different talents that people have. And so, yeah. I think if you but have, I think it's, I think it is something they need to, to consider individually for each medium mm-hmm. because the medium controls the message. Yeah. And I think we just need to examine our ourselves and our know ourselves well, because it, even though people have different vices and different virtues, um, things can also be universally addicting too. So like Fair. heroin doesn't matter what your vers- virtues and vices are. You're going to get addicted That's to it. Yeah. And the same thing with like, um, yeah, just the way that social media works and the way that the apps are programmed and designed, like they're designed to, to shotgun approach, like hit the most number of people possible and get them addicted. Yeah. And so we have to not only be aware of what are, what are my personal virtues and vices with these things, but also be aware that like, they're trying to get you. And (laughs) the first thing in my life article was admit that your phone is not your friend. Yeah, None of these things are our friends. (laughs) It is your enemy. And I just, I, I do think that we, we would be remiss if we did not mention um, the the one thing, right? Like um, the guy who, who came to bring glad tidings to the poor and liberty to the captives and sight to the blind 
and free the oppressed. Who's that boy? The Lord Jesus. It's Jesus. So sometimes we talk about all these things and we forget like, ah, shoot, I can actually like repent of my sin and being addicted to social media, allowing yourself to get addicted to social media can be a sin. Sorry. It's not as bad as AirPods. It's not as bad as AirPods. It's pretty it's But up there. repent of your sin, right? Repent of your of the time that you have wasted, repent of the ways that you have led mm-hmm. yourself and your the people around you astray by what you've done online or what you haven't done online. Um repent of that. Tell Jesus, "Hey, I need I need you to set me free from this. I need liberty from this. And I need you to show me like open my eyes, help me to see what actually I need to do." And that can go back going back to like what we were talking about before, how to raise my children well in this digital mm-hmm. age, how to yeah. live and like raise my family in a way that the gospel is, is second nature to them. How do I remove yeah. as many obstacles to preaching the gospel to my family and to my community as possible? What does that mean? I think the answer, Show me. I think the answer is yeah. do with technology, what people try to do with religion, put it in a box. I'm going to let them, I'm going to let them grow up and decide what they want to use. <laughs> I'm not going to give them Twitter or give yeah, them Yeah, that's interesting. We need to be Honest, technology yeah. atheists. Technology atheists. I think, I think it's really funny now that I think about it is that parents li- unironically have this idea of, I'm going to let my kid, I'm preaching the choir here, but I'm going to let my kid decide his religion for himself. But at 10 years old, they hand him an iPad. It's you're right. Not a good thing. I mean, parents, I mean, I honestly, the iPad thing, kids watch TV on airplanes, and honestly, I don't care. That's like, fine. Yeah. <laughs> but keep them from crying again, you're in an airplane. We're running into the same problem. Yeah, really. Um, but we run into the same problem that we did when, you know, TV was first coming out is the television is the babysitter. Yeah. You know, that's obviously not healthy. We know this. But now the television babysitter is mobile. And, you know, it's like, everywhere i you know there's a television blaring at me i was i was it's funny i was reading amusing ourselves to death in a in a waiting room at a car dealership and the food network was screaming at me (laughs) the girl scout uh cookie extravaganza like eight times Mm -hmm. in in a half an hour and i was like i hate this yeah i hate this anyway you don't realize how grating it is until you haven't been around it, and then you are with it again. And you're like, "Dear Lord, can somebody just turn that off or just turn it down?" There's like, so much noise. Why is it so loud? Um, I don't have much else to say. I hope we're not just repeating ourselves because I do think that. No, we had a healthy, spirited debate. Yeah. I think that these are hey, things to to think about and consider. I don't. I don't know anything about anything, but. My uh, my article on Life Teen is one of the best things I've ever written. I'm very proud of it. It's a practical. It's not just hey, you're addicted to social media. Stop that. It's a practical how to get unaddicted to social media. It's really good. Um, Everybody should read it. Oh, did you read yes. it? Yes. Oh, okay. you're my friend. That's fair. <laughs> Why do you think that I hate everything that you do? That's nah, a good point. I just don't expect people to read things, go out <laughs> of the way to do things, like enjoy things that I like. Um. Anyway, yeah. It's it's a it's all you need is one sheet of paper to do it. It's a really practical exercise. Um, let me know what you think. Yeah. I have, I have further plans for this. Repent you cowards. All right, let's do uh Dr. Ethan's dating corner. Gotcha. Here's a good question from an anonymous asker. Are you ready? If you like, yeah. if you like my dating advice and you should, cause it's good. Uh, send an email to Ethan at the crunchcast.com. Cause that's the only thing I check ever. All right. Here's a question, Pat. You ready? Yep. Should I date someone who might not be as passionate about the faith and might not be far enough spiritually? 
What do you think, Ethan? Um, I mean, yeah, because you want to keep a good power dynamic, right? Like you want to be smarter and holier <laughs> than her the whole time. At all At times. all times, right? So that you can, yeah. I mean, you're supposed to lead, right, as a man. Uh-huh. How are you supposed to lead if she's not behind you? Oh. <laughs> Quick. Quick recover. Um, yeah, I think it's I think it's good. I think you should find someone of a completely different if you can find like a Buddhist and maybe I don't know, like it's you Flirt to convert. Evangelize like while you're dating, maybe kind of we could call it evangel dating, you know, kind of like a, a new phrase that I just came up with. Uh, yeah. that you could use. Uh, and tell them that you're doing it. Say, Hey, I know that you're a Buddhist. I know you like your you you want to annihilate yourself, you want to annihilate the soul, you think life is suffering and you want to dissolve into nothingness. Um I think that's great. Same. Very hot. Very cool. Um, how about you follow me? <laughs> how about you? Ch- how about you check me out? Check, try me on for size for some suffering. Hey, if you've tried annihilating yourself into nothingness, what about a li- annihilating yourself into being itself? Hmm. Hmm. I don't know if that's uh, doctrinal, Pat. No, it's it's really yeah. Not. We don't There's annihilate ourselves at all. Christ. <laughs> the self is not enough. Yeah. You are you are at this it's a coincidence of opposites. It's the both and of Catholicism. What we You're you're simultaneously Life is suffering and it's good. <laughs> yes. You're going to suffer but you're going to be happy about yeah. it. Yeah. Um you simultaneously die to self but then also become one with you 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 don't lose yourself but you become one with Christ. I which is very good. Thank you, Pat. You're welcome. <laughs> I mean <laughs> which is very good. I'm very I'm very a big fan of Catholicism. No, I am too. It's just the quote of like whoever uh, finds his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life might find it. Anyway, yeah. to give advice to this person, I don't think it's necessarily necessary that you have to be on the exact same spiritual level as somebody to date them, right? Because you got how many holy hour pushups? Because you, you got to remember. <laughs> I'm just gonna ignore you through this whole thing. Because <laughs> how many? Um, well, I don't even remember what I was. Now I was gonna say how many pushups can you do, and I lost my whole point. <laughs> Uh, you said you don't necessarily necessarily need to be <laughs> the same spiritual aptitude, Cause you, right? Because you got to remember that dating is not a marriage contract. You can yeah. date whomstever you want for a couple weeks, a few months, because dating is just discerning marriage. And so, and you got to remember in between now and the theoretical time that you would marry the person that you just started dating, they could grow a lot. Yeah. And so... Um, if you're a guy, this is an opportunity to lead a woman and to invite her um, to share in a life of holiness with you. And if you're a woman and you're dating a guy and you're holier than the guy, this is an opportunity to call him higher and demand that he lead you. Um, and if he doesn't, break up with him. And if you're a guy and you're dating a girl and she seems to be kind of lagging and doesn't want to follow you, then that's like a pretty good indicator that like, you you guys probably like how because you're going to be growing in holiness together your entire lives and so if you as yeah. a woman can't call a man higher and he won't respond and if you as a man um can't lead a woman and she won't respond for whatever reason then like how are you how do you anticipate that your marriage is going to go you know yeah and so <laughs> um i don't think it's impossible i do think that as with all the relationships you need to give them time to grow and you need to give them uh, enough of a chance to see if they desire it and they actually act on it but I don't think there's a threshold of like, she prays the exact amount of time as me every single day. Therefore we can date. And if you pray 59 minutes a day, sorry, you're cut. Oof. Deal breaker. Um, Yeah. Cause the spiritual life is, doesn't follow a linear progression. Yeah. So to speak. Right. Like in the sense that you don't move from step point one, two, three in like the same amount of time. 
if it takes you if it takes you like a couple years to get from A to B, it might take her a couple of months to get from A to C. You never know. Yeah, I uh, I went from A to F in like three months, my second semester junior year, and then from yeah. my whole first year of mission, I went from step F to step, step E. F one. I went I went backwards. <laughs> There's no, there's no, there's no square one in the spiritual life. There's no square one in the um, spiritual life, but there is sin, and I did that. <laughs> so I got, I got me, I got me some of that. <laughs> um, no, I'm uh, serious. Yeah. yeah. So it's like things can go really, really quickly for you based on the consolations that Jesus deems it's good for you to have, um, or it could be really, really slow. And like, even if it doesn't feel like you're progressing, that's still progress because you're still praying mm-hmm. and you're still loving God and you're still growing a relationship with Him. So yeah, the Bible says to be equally yoked which means you need to find someone who can lift as much as you. Yeah. But uh, no, I'm the Bible says to be equally yoked, which means like, which I've heard in the past used to, to say like, oh, you shouldn't date someone that's not the same mm. like level of spirituality yeah, as you. Dumb. But the yoke refers to Christ's yoke, <gasps> right? My yoke is easy, my burden is light, right? And essentially you need to find someone who's equally yoked, meaning they are 100% bought in to you becoming a better person, mm-hmm. you getting closer to Christ, and them getting closer to Christ. Yep. And those are the two requirements for marriage. <laughs> it's really Man it. and woman yeah. wants to get close to Christ. Yeah. I would say, does she love God? Date her. <laughs> the end. Even if she's Buddhist. Even if I she's tried Buddhist. to date a Buddhist once in high school. Oh, it is a wound. It's not really a wound as much as a, when I say I tried to date her, I just Snapchatted her every couple of days gotcha. and it was too, she was really I was great too scared to ask the, her to hang out. She was really great at hugs because of all the arms. <laughs> That's Hinduism. I just wanted to make the joke. Oh man! Now who's canceled? Huh? Now who's canceled? Me. My friend got his heart broken by a girl named Vishnu. Um, Vishnu is the Hindu goddess of destruction. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we had a lot of fun with that. We we called her Vishnu Destroyer of Hearts. Ouch. Yeah. So shout out Vishnu from my high school, who everyone would know who it is yeah. because there's only there's one only girl. one person named Vishnu from Florida. Um, <laughs> all right. Is that good advice? I feel like that's good advice. That was good. Advice, I love yeah. getting date, giving dating advice. Um, I feel like I'm really good at it. I I feel like mm-hmm. I, I I will always n- lead you astray. And if you want that, write in a good question, a good good question to me, Ethan, the doctor. I had a big I had a big old boomer moment because one of my high school students described to me. She had to sit down and describe to me. She was telling me about her boyfriend, or not boyfriend, sorry, they're not dating. They're just they're talking. talking. Yeah, but not talking, talking. Yeah. And I was like, okay, what are the steps? <laughs> so she's like, she's like, there's your there's, there's uh, your mutual acquaintances, and then you're talking, and then you're talking, talking, and then you're hanging out, and then you're official. That's so stupid. And I was like, this stupid. is too many steps. This is too it's many steps. It's either you're dating or you're not, Rebecca. Too many steps. Too many too steps. Too many steps. I don't have anything else to say on this episode. Me either. Cool. Uh, don't follow me on Twitter or add me on Facebook or try to see what I'm watching on YouTube or what I'm commenting on on reddit.com. You can send me an email, Ethan at the crunchcast.com. I would love to correspond with you. Um, <laughs> no, I'm serious. I got, I just bought a bunch of note cards at target 10 count. Um, I, you bought 10 note cards, two packs. <laughs> 
and I got it some stamps. So if you if you send me uh you send me an address, I'll write you a letter. Oh, postcards. Yeah, postcards. You said index cards. Note, well, they're called. I was like, they definitely sell. They those say note cards on the package, but they're like they're kind of like this. They fold, you know. They're just blank. Got it. Got it. So yeah. if you want me to send you a postcard or a note card, uh, just uh, send me an email with your address, and I'll write you a letter. Send all of our patrons notes. I will. Okay. Maybe. You can email me, Patrick, at thecrunchcast.com. You can also follow me on Twitter, I guess. I'm trying to overtake Ethan. I'm 500 away. Uh, I might have to uh, log back on if you get too close. I closed drop the, some heat. I finally, I finally started closing the gap. Uh, it's, been, it's been a long time. He had 1,000 more than me when we started this show. So. I might have to drop that, that quote that you sent Father Harrison and Father Anthony on Twitter and then, and then, <gasps> no. and then log back off again. <laughs> <laughs> Just drop it and then leave and then not see what the fallout is. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to drop the generations post that I then and then that now I'll do pretty good. I think mine would do better than yours. We can't release them at the same time like that's how like you know TV shows We used do. to do that before where we would tweet two jokes that we thought we do we one time do that we tweeted the exact same joke at the same time and I <laughs> and see who got, see more, got likes. more likes it was me. Uh, All right. Um Patrick, do you have anything else for the people? Remember when in doubt the answer is always don't date join a monastery thank you all for listening please pray for us we'll be praying for you and i will see you next week i won't Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.